Welcome to the Hedonic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Stefano, and this is the first official full episode. This podcast is all about awesome practices and strategies to instill more fun into our lives and cultivate deep health, which means health in all domains, physical, mental, emotional, social, etc. So we're going to kick this thing off with one of my favorite topics, and one that I think we're going to revisit a lot in future episodes because I personally think it's one of the most underrecognized but highly valuable practices out there. And if you know anything about me, you probably already know that I'm talking about Capoeira Angola. Now if this is unfamiliar to you, don't worry, I'm going to start with a brief overview of what Capoeira is, then we'll go into my own story of how and why I got into Capoeira, why I still love doing it after all these years, and leave you with ways to learn more about it, and maybe even try it out yourself if this stuff piques your interest and you want to give it a shot. So vamos embora, let's get into it. So what is capoeira? It's a difficult thing to boil down to a brief description because there are a lot of layers to the art and a lot of different perspectives, but I'm gonna give it a shot anyways. Capoeira is a game with elements of self-defense, acrobatics, music, and more. It developed in Bahia, Brazil over centuries and culminated in this cohesive tradition that's expressed through a variety of lineages for well over a hundred years, at least as far back as we can trace. The game is played inside of a circle, which we call the Hora, and each game starts with two players at the edge of the circle. When signaled to start, they enter into the circle and using a variety of movements and their wit, strategy, creativity, and even their sense of humor, they try to outmaneuver each other to demonstrate that they are the one that owns the ring. There are three definitive ways to win the game. Making the other person fall, go outside of the circle, or get stuck at the edge of the circle where they're immobilized for more than a few seconds. So while people see capoeira and they notice a lot of kicks and maybe even headbutts, the game isn't typically won by striking the other person. It's usually the various sweeps, throws, takedowns, or a lot of the times just the other person's own mishaps that end up with them losing, and the kicks are more like strat strategic setups and ways to initiate interactions amidst a bunch of other movements like acrobatic flourishes and movements on the ground. All of this is done in the context of a bit of a ritual with live music played on traditional instruments lined up at one side of the circle with traditional songs which mostly follow a call and response re format. So while there are only two players in the circle at, at a time, every everyone in the whole circle, everyone at the event is participating and adding energy to the whole interaction. So there's a lot going on there. A lot of different type of interactions and uh, there's this whole long history with all of its traditions and perspectives that form the art, which maybe we'll get into deeper in future episodes, but I'm gonna leave the intro part there for now. So how did a nerdy Midwestern kid like myself get into this stuff? Well, here's my story. I first saw Capoeira the way a lot of people my age did, a movie from the early 90s that, well, it was pretty silly back then and it really hasn't aged well. But for a 12 year old at the time, it was totally exciting and fascinating. And this movie was called Only the Strong. 
It's a typical action martial arts movie about a guy who turns around these troubled teens with capoeira, which is at least a good message and actually does reflect the reality that capoeira often has been used for that sort of thing. But then they go and do battle with the bad capoeira gangs and whatnot, and yeah, it's really cheesy. But anyways, I remember seeing that and even renting it multiple times. And there's a scene where the teacher guy demonstrates the basic footwork, which we call Jinga. And I was in my parents' living room, this nerdy fat kid probably running around in like pajama pants or whatever, trying to emulate this footwork. <laughs> it really drew me in because while other martial arts movies could draw me in a little bit, this had this musical element and I had grown up playing drums. So that really made me feel like a personal kind of connection to it. Plus it had all of this awesome acrobatic stuff. So there's this idea of a martial art where rhythm is a component uh, with like learning all these, combined with learning all these beautiful, almost like superhuman acrobatic movements, it was really easy to be fascinated by. Well, after that, I kind of forgot about Capoeira. And then I saw it again in a video game that was really big in the 90s called Tekken. And they had this character named Eddie Gordo, who pretty much anyone who's ever played that game, they all agree that he was the coolest character. Uh, so that was a nice refresher. And then I forgot about Capoeira again. And I never heard about it until uh, I was in 10th grade. And my English teacher, shout out to Mr. Duvall, uh, he invited me to and the rest of the class to come try Capoeira with him and some guys that he was training with. And I wasn't outgoing enough to take him up on that. Um, but the next year, my best friend at the time did take him up on it and he dragged me to a class. I was like really reluctant because like I say, I'm pretty introverted and I was not active physically at all. Uh, I had just started getting into hiking and that was about it. But he had already dragged another friend of ours to one of the classes who was even, he, he was in even worse shape than I was. So at that point it was like, well, that excuse was kind of ruined. So I went. So here's the story of how my first Capoeira class experience went. It was November of 2000. I was 17 years old, and this class was in the basement of a church in North Omaha. The guy leading the class at the time was this guy, Green. He just went by Green. Uh, he's the one who started the group here in Omaha. Uh, of course, he went on to get a bunch of other Capoeira names later on. Um, but looking back, it was a pretty weird class. He basically just showed us the, the fundamental footwork, the Jinga, and then told us to go into a corner and do that for like two whole hours. It was like a couple hours of nonstop lunging. And it was like pretty brutal at the time. Uh, but I think just the magic of Capoeira and hearing this unique music, which, you know, at the time was on, you know, just cassette tapes, if you know what cassette tapes are back then, uh, and seeing some capoeira movements live in person and during all this physically challenging stuff with my friends made me actually eager to go back. I'd always been kind of interested by martial arts in movies and stuff, but this was the only one I actually felt excited about enough to actually get immersed in and experience. And being a smaller guy, the idea of an art where strategy and adaptability were more important than size and strength made a lot of sense to me. And the fact that it has this context where you can do acrobatic maneuvers uh, seem like a really fun and exciting challenge. Like, superheroes are a huge thing in our culture. They, they have been forever, right? 
in movies, video games, comics, etc. And Capoeira players seem like the closest thing to real-life superheroes. Most of us even get Capoeira nicknames after a while, like I mentioned. Uh, you know, our own superhero alias, sort of. Uh, my Capoeira name is Hato, by the way. Um, but another thing that really drew me in, I think, is that I think all martial arts probably have this to some extent, but there's this element of mystery and a sense of tapping into a tradition that contains wisdom and life lessons. And even though I was super introverted and it was really challenging for me to attempt all of these really difficult movements in front of a bunch of people, teenagers no less, and try to sing, especially in a different language, and get dropped on my ass, I knew it was good for me. I eventually got my own bow and just kept sticking with this stuff. And the the bow is the main instrument in Capoeira music. And, you know, once I got that, I mean, that's just an amazing thing to take on. So that just ramped up my enthusiasm even more. And as fun as this stuff was when I first started, it just got better and better. After my first couple years, I went to my first weekend training intensive. Our little group in Omaha was actually a satellite group of Contra Mestre Perere, who lived in Seattle, and he was himself sort of a satellite. He was a student of Mestre No, who lived in Brazil. And Mestre No had created a group called Capoeira Angola Palmares that was all over, all over the world by now. And Perere had taken on Green and a few others in the Midwest as long-distance students and, like, group leaders. So every few months, the idea was to get together with Perere and the other groups and learn and work on material that we would then work on and hone until our next gathering. So going from our little local Omaha group to meeting the Mestre and all these other students sort of leveled us up and brought the enthusiasm and the motivation to another level. I still remember Mestre emphasizing how we should start to train at least a little bit every day. So I took that on and every day, first thing in the morning, I did capoeira. It was capoeira training time every morning for me. Uh, and we had this songbook, and the one time I, I remember him saying he wanted us to learn the choruses to all of the songs. And there's like 80-something songs in this songbook, all in Portuguese. And I must have misheard him or something, because I went home, and I trudged my way through that whole thing and learned all the choruses and pretty much all the verses, too, so I could lead the songs myself. And then I went through and I made sure I could do all of that while playing any of the instruments. Um, so that was pretty challenging, but I was, I was really into it. And those training intensives, they were called intensives for a reason. It was usually capoeira lectures and training morning till night with some communal meals peppered in there and the occasional fun movie or whatever on a Saturday evening. Uh, so we'd have an awesome, intense... Uh, challenging experience at these events and then go home even more enthused and train more and eventually me and my homie Montedero who started on that exact same day I did back in 2000 were leading a bunch of the classes you know after a few years but the awesomeness didn't stop there though because in 2006 we got to finally meet Maestre No our Maestre's Maestre he's sort of a living legend and the oldest living representative of this particular capoeira lineage, and one of the last few old capoeira Angola masters in general. Uh, we had more folks fly in from other groups and trained with Maestre No for almost a week. 
So that just broadened and deepened our connection to the yard even more. And then we had him out again in 2007. And then in 2009, I finally took a trip to Bahia and spent a few weeks there training with Maestri No and his son and some other folks from uh, Capoeira Angola Palmares. Eventually, though, it kind of became undeniable that our group was a little bit unique. It was kind of its own thing, uh, and we didn't really fit with the rest of the Palmares crew. Uh, and so for various reasons, Maestri Perere and the rest of us jumped the Palmares ship, and Perere created this group that we now call Capoeira Angola Oshosi. Um, there's a few of us scattered about now, and we have groups in Fairfield, Iowa, Portland, Oregon, and another in Sequim, Washington, which I believe is close to Seattle, and a couple other lone wolves out there in Iowa and California, and I've got a, you know classes at a couple places here in Omaha. Of course, nobody's doing anything right now with COVID-19, but hopefully classes of some sort are going to get going again sometime in the near future. So that's my story and how I got into this stuff. And now it will have been 20 years as of this November, but I don't see myself stopping anytime soon, and I'm going to tell you why. The first thing I'll start with is that capoeira, I think, gives you more bang for your buck than just about any other single cohesive physical practice. I love doing a bunch of other things, lifting weights, yoga, hiking, all that stuff. But the diverse array of benefits that you get from capoeira, I think, is really unique. Not just all of the physical and health benefits, but the mental, emotional, social. It really is kind of like the one weird trick that the internet keeps telling you trainers don't want you to know about. So let's just start with some of the physical benefits. The variety of physical skills that capoeira hones is probably more than just about any other practice. Coordination and balance, mobility and flexibility, strength, endurance, adaptability, you name it. Capoeira may not improve your one rep max, but one of the awesome things is that so many of the things that it does do carry over into enhancing your everyday life, I think. There's been so much talk about functional fitness and all of these supposedly innovative movement practices out there, but I feel like all of that pales in comparison to what capoeira has to offer, even though some of them seem to be trying to borrow elements of capoeira without really giving any credit, but whatever. Anyways, uh, I feel it's pretty awesome to get out of bed in the morning with the kind of mobility and strength and coordination that can do backbends, handstands, and all kinds of lunging and crouching, especially if you can do all of that while in range of a bunch of crazy kicks and headbutts while holding onto your cool. One of the great benefits of resistance training, I think, is that increases your bone density and makes you a more durable person, so you're less likely to break a hip if you fall, like when you get older. Uh, but one of the great benefits of capoeira is that it teaches you both better balance and falling skills, so you're less likely to end up in that scenario in the first place. You end up with a better awareness of where your body is in space and develop adaptive reflexes so you can respond to whatever the moment calls for. I think if one wants to have a better chance of not just making it to old age, but fucking going to old age with crazy acrobatic maneuvers and all kinds of cool shit, capoeira is the way to go. 
Back to what I mentioned earlier about developing the ability to keep your cool and maintain your center and focus during times of crisis, like while kicks are whizzing by your head or your adversary is waiting for the right moment to sweep your feet out from under you and drop you on your ass, I think that is a key life skill and ever more important in this day and age. Just being alive means constantly being under pressure. There's the everyday obstacles that life in general throws at you, and sometimes there might be people out there that seek to find ways to benefit from other people's misfortune. People that can actively try to push you out of your center and make you lose your cool so that they can take advantage of you. Capoeira cultivates this balance between vigilant awareness of danger while also having a sense of relaxation, tranquility, and playfulness. It seems like there are elements of culture right now where emotional immaturity is being almost celebrated and emotionally charged hot-headed tantrums are almost rewarded in some ways. And there's a sense that we're entitled to and should expect the people around us to always be accommodating to our feelings and wants. Uh, but Capoeira says no. Capoeira says life can be brutal, but you can develop a balance of vigilant awareness and tranquil playfulness and build the capacity to adapt and thrive in the most difficult conditions. People talk about like this idea of triggering, like we have to be careful about the words that we use uh, we, because we might unintentionally trigger a reaction in somebody. Um, in Capoeira, we intentionally create like a safe space where we can experiment with triggering each other not because we want to harm each other, but to help each other grow and lift each other up to a place where we don't forfeit the responsibility we have for our own responses to the challenges of life. So another element of capoeira that is just an endless source of joy and keeps this stuff fresh for me is the music. Once you get comfortable with the instruments and singing these songs in Portuguese, they're super fun and they never get old. You can get creative with them in all kinds of ways while still holding on to the traditional essence because you have these old songs that are handed down from teacher to student over centuries, but you can also kind of ad lib and adapt them to serve as commentary on what's going on in capoeira games as they're happening right now, or make inside jokes with your capoeira crew, or even shit talking. Yep, we even have the equivalent of capoeira rap battles. And you can take the instruments out of the capoeira context for all sorts of fun stuff too. Like I'll put a pickup on my bow and run it through a bunch of effects to make all kinds of crazy sounds. Um, but uh, you know, one of the awesome benefits of these instruments, especially the bow, is that you can learn to make them yourself out of materials that pretty much anyone can get a hold of. It feels pretty awesome to make one of these instruments and then play it and have it actually sound good. It's kind of reassuring because it's like, well, what if someday we, for some reason, don't have access to all the resources and technology we would have now, and what if some catastrophe happens in year 2025, and the robot trucks and the Amazon drones, they lose their internet connections or whatever, and the only things we can get a hold of are our local trees and abandoned tires, which is what Capoeira Bidenbao wires are made out of. Um, but uh, the tradition of Capoeira music is like this spore. It's been floating around for centuries. Maybe it hasn't, isn't noticed by the general population very much right now, but it's very durable and, and it's, you know, it can just like keep propagating itself 
well into the future. Even if our current societies end up collapsing, Capoeira music will still be there. And if they don't, well, Capoeira music, music will still be around then too. And I'll just keep doing my weird ex experimental electronic beat loop jams in my basement. Another great thing about Capoeira being such a holistic and diverse art is that you may end up benefiting from it in ways that you never even imagined. Like, I mean, the reasons that I got into it aren't really the things that ended up keeping me there forever and ever. I didn't have a conscious idea of why I was getting into this thing and how much it was going to influence my life. Um, and you might realize that it actually fills a lot of the gaps that you didn't even know existed in your abilities and your life. You know, say maybe you're like a power lifter or whatever and you are, you know, super strong. You got these great one rep maxes and stuff, but you know, when it comes to getting out of bed, you just don't feel that great. When it comes to going up and down the stairs, you know, and Capoeira could provide that path to you developing the mobility that you need. On the other hand, maybe you practice yoga and you are hyper flexible. You can do all kinds of back bends and stuff like that, but you aren't super strong in your handstands or you don't really have very good reaction time or balance when it's needed in the moment. You know, it's one thing to be doing all these interesting poses on a mat where you're in a yoga class and nobody's trying to knock you over, but you know, all of a sudden you put yourself in a context where everybody's looking at you and, and kicks are being thrown and it gets a lot more challenging, you know, and it doesn't just stop there with the physical, you know, maybe, you know, for me, like I said, I'm pretty introverted and Capoeira kind of helped draw me out a little bit, you know, got me out, you know, to the point where I'm, you know, leading classes and things like that, talking to groups of people um, and singing songs and things like that. Maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you are already very extroverted. And the challenge for you that Capoeira is going to present is that, oh man, now you have to like, you know, tap into a tradition or, you know, sit down and, and patiently work on musical instruments and learning songs and things like that. So Capoeira, it has a very, uh, you know, great ability of just looking at the whole person and figuring out, you know, where your gaps are that you aren't aware of and helping you overcome some of those things that you're deficient in. Another one of the awesome things about Capoeira that just keeps me coming back all these years is the sense of community and the opportunity to connect with folks in this really awesome context. Every successful physical culture, I think, probably has some kind of community element, but I don't think any of them pull it off quite the way that Capoeira does. Capoeira has this unique thing where we're both coming together to cooperate and to play music and engage in this ritual, but we also challenge each other with a bunch of kicks and sweeps and headbutts you can end up really making some of your best friends and most interesting acquaintances in Capoeira groups. And once you've tapped in, you can usually pretty much go anywhere in the world where people practice Capoeira and make a pretty cool connection. Of course, it's challenging these past few years because it seems like Capoeira's popularity has kind of dwindled a little bit in the age of Netflix and Facebook, and even more so in the age of COVID-19 and who knows what post-COVID-19 time is going to look like. But I think you'll always find people who are totally passionate about this stuff and eager to share it.
And I think that makes it well worth trying to, you know, build Capoeira groups wherever you're at. And that brings me to another thing. Not only are there always more people out there to meet, um, but that also means there's also more to learn. And you can always broaden and deepen your connection to this art even more. I'm still learning tons of stuff even 20 years later. I still have a lot of room to grow. I think the best things in life are things that get better and better over time. Like with music, those albums that you come back to year after year, and each time you're like, yep, still fucking awesome. You know, Capoeira is like that, even in the old age. Like, you know, Maestre Joao Pequeno, you know, he was one of the most well-respected Capoeira Angola masters. He played into his 90s, like a few months before he died, I think, even. Um, you know, even if you suffer some kind of physically debilitating injury, there's still the music. And you might still have your Capoeira connections in your life or the opportunity to inspire the next generation. So yeah, if you've listened to this far and you aren't already doing this stuff and you want to do this stuff, I definitely encourage you to check it out. Wherever you're at, do some looking around, do some Googling, and see if there's a Capoeira group near you. If there isn't, you should move. Just kidding. But no, really, you should find a group if you can. And unfortunately, I can't promise that they will all be as awesome as our Capoeira group is. So you might not get the same results everywhere, but don't write it off if you find one group that doesn't fit your personality. And don't let yourself get held back by some idea that you're not strong enough or that you're not flexible enough or whatever enough, because that's the mindset I had. And luckily, I was fortunate enough to have someone force me to get over that. Uh, but we all start somewhere. And the sooner you start embracing challenges, the sooner you can start improving on things. And if you're kind of interested, but you're not sure if you actually want to try this out, uh, but you want to learn more, you could always just, uh, we have some great articles and videos and stuff on my website at www.capomaha.com. Uh, you know, some articles that our maestre has written. There's an excellent primer on there on, you know, just the fundamentals of what Capoeira Angola is and, you know, the how the game works and how the traditions work and everything. And I encourage everybody to check that out. I, I reread that thing all the time. Um, and I have a little YouTube promo video that I made a few years back for our group when we first put it together. Um, and then there's some video clips of, you know, Maestre Perere, Maestre No, and just like some other older Capoeira videos that we think are pretty awesome. And hey, maybe Capoeira isn't for you, or maybe it's not available near you, um, or you just can't get into it for some reason or another. But you know, I hope this at least inspires you to try to seek out something that does invoke this kind of enthusiasm in you and provide opportunities for challenging yourself physically and mentally over a long period of time. I mean, you can take up a workout routine because you feel like you have to uh, for your health, because your doctor says you need to, or because you need to look a certain way or something like that, and you can trudge your way through those workouts, but how sustainable is that? And how much does that really add to the enjoyment of your life? I'm a huge fan of efficiency and enjoyment. So really, try to find something that's actually fun and exciting and you're drawn to, and it keeps you in shape, and you can do it well into your old age. Anyways, thanks for listening. Um, I hope this wasn't too boring just listening to me do a monologue. I do plan to get some guests on. And again, you'll probably hear more episodes about Capoeira. 
I'm, you know, I got my whole Capoeira crew. I could really get any of those guys on here, uh, especially I'll probably get, you know, my maestre on here at some point. Uh, originally, when I came up with the idea to start a podcast, you know, it was going to be, you know, his podcast and, uh, you know, me and him were going to put this thing together, but that never came to fruition. And then, you know, so now I have my own idea for a podcast and, you know, I think Capoeira is just a really good thing to come back to. And I think it'd be interesting to get him or, you know, some of the other guys in our group and, you know, you could hear their take on it, maybe hear their story. Maybe, you know, they have a whole different take on it than I do that will actually, you know, strike a chord better than what I, you know, provided for you here. But, uh, you know, if you enjoyed this, you know, feel free to subscribe. And if you'd like to offer up any comments, concerns, questions, criticism, um, anything, if you'd like to learn more about me or you're interested in online coaching, uh, you can visit my website at hedonichealth.com. Um, or find me on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, and that about wraps it up. Ciao!